0: You are Locked On Cubs, your daily Chicago Cubs podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, Cubs fans, and welcome to Locked On Cubs. I'm your host, Joe Kilgallen. You can follow me on Twitter. That's at Joe Kilgallen. Give this podcast a follow as well. That's simply at Locked On Cubs. All right. The losing streak continues. We have hit 10 games in a row the longest losing streak the Cubs have had since the 2012 season which was year one of the Cubs famous rebuild that lasted from 2012 to 2014 under Theo Epstein now I will be talking a lot about the direction of this team recapping the game a little bit what I feel like has gone wrong and you know what let's play GM let's play or the Cubs don't even have a GM by the way we have a president of baseball operations. We'll we'll talk about all this stuff, but of course, this episode is brought to you by Locked On MLB Prospects. If you're the type of baseball fan that can't help but get giddy over prospects, Cubs fans, we might be heading in that direction. We have the podcast for you, Locked On MLB Prospects, hosted by Minor League Play by Play Voice A Ram Layton, is the only daily podcast devoted entirely to the stars of tomorrow. Follow Locked On MLB Prospects on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. So, you know, I mentioned in that little ad there that Cubs fans, we might have to start getting giddy for prospects. I still don't want to think or even admit or concede. I'm not sure the exact word I'm looking for right now, but I don't want to give in to this idea that a full on rebuild is what's going to happen starting this off season or really starting with the trades that are going to be coming very, very soon. Because I think, I know I'm sounding like a broken record, Cubs fans, and I apologize if you're a daily listener. I cannot stomach the notion that people are just, yeah, we should rip this thing down to the studs and start all over again. That I don't like. I'll give you a bit of good news Cubs star prospect, Brennan Davis, has been on a tear right now. He is the 21st best hitter. In double A right now, not in terms of batting average, but in overall. uh, What's the weighted runs created plus, OPS plus, all those advanced stats? He's uh, been hitting for opposite field power lately. He is on an awesome run, getting on base a lot. His strikeouts are a little high, which I know Cubs fans have got enough of that, but that's uncharacteristic for him during this run. We also have to remind ourselves he's only 21 years old at double A. All of the hitters above him. So he's like 20th, 21st in the rankings are all like 23, 24 years old. So he is young for his league. I'm telling you right now, Cubs fans, he is going to have a killer summer, which I know summer's going on right now, but I mean like a killer like rest of July and August. And I wouldn't be surprised if he starts the season next year in AAA. No, he'll definitely start the season in AAA next year. But if he gets off to a nice start, building on what he's been doing these past you know few weeks and what I imagine he'll continue to do the rest of the summer, Brennan Davis is a guy who could be playing in Wrigley Field come late May, early June. I really believe that. So that's an encouraging thing. Brennan Davis is coming. Nico Horner's already here. Those are two young stud players right there. So that's another reason of why the idea of forcing a rebuild is totally unnecessary. For the quickest of history lessons, I will remind us as Cubs fans that when Theo Epstein was hired in after the 2011 season and the 2012 season was his first season controlling things, they were not nearly where they are right now. The 2011 Cubs were a team with no identity, no direction, nothing coming in the minor leagues. You know who the top two minor league prospects were going into the 2012 season for the Cubs? Brett Jackson and... Mike Vitters, I believe, or Josh Vitters. His name was Josh Vitters and Brett Jackson. They are both high school baseball coaches right now. And, hey, that's a great job. That's not a knock on them. Hey, it doesn't work out, right? That happens. Those were first-round picks that completely went nowhere. And that that's common, actually, for a lot of first-round picks. So every now and then when people are like, well, Ian Happ didn't really work out. I'm like, well, Ian Hap's had a couple really good Major League Baseball seasons. That's more than a lot of first-round picks for a lot of teams, believe it or not. And I think Ian Happ is still only 26 years old. He's got he's got the tools to bounce back. It's just not in the cards this season. He's had a really really ugly year Ian Happ, and that's a real bummer because this is a guy that loves being a Chicago Cub, loves the fans, loves the city, does a lot of great charity charity work and stuff like that. So, and but you have to produce. You have to produce at the major league level. Now, that 2012 team, they had coming into the year I'll, I'll I'll go over the ride I't have the roster right in front of me right now, but I just know off the top of my head they had they didn't have a lot of payroll flexibility because they had a lot of contracts of veterans still on board. you know that's what made it interesting from a rebuilding standpoint because it's like all right, we can move Matt Garza, then Ryan Dempster, Jeff Samarja, who had more than one year left because remember the we traded him to the Oakland A's and the Oakland A's traded him to the White Sox. People forget Jeff Samarja was on the White Sox that year. Didn't pitch very well for them, if I recall. Thanks, Jeff. And so it was just a different. Uh, Alfonso Soriano, his dead weight of a contract was still lingering. So it was a very different setting. Going into 2022, we have Jason Hayward's contract. That's it as far as bad deals go. Kyle Hendricks is still in her contract, but that's a great deal. He's making like 13, 14 million. That's very cheap for a guy who, at worst, is a number two starter. And then we have Craig Kimbrell's option. It's an option. We could totally decline that. I think he's going to be traded, but I'm just giving you the contracts. And David Bodie. And David Bodie's make is, is a $3 million annual hit. That's pennies for even bad organizations. They don't worry about a three million. Like no one's ever gonna say, oh, well, we could have hit a really good year if we had that three million dollar contract weighing us down. Actually, you know who would say that? An owner. An owner would say that. No sane person would say that. No non-sociopathic person would ever say that. So it's a completely different situation. We're heading into an off season in which we should, if we're the Chicago Cubs and acting like the Cubs of the past seven years, we should have a ton of money to spend. Our payroll right now is around $155 million. So say we even go in next year where they're like, we're going to keep it at $155 million, which I think would be an absolute crime because capacity's back at 100% and you're trying to have a, a television network that people want to watch. So you should be out there spending, like, like the team that's worth the fourth highest in all of baseball, Forbes Magazine, fourth highest uh, valuation. Only the Dodgers, Yankees, Dodgers, Red Sox, only three franchises believed to be worth more than the Chicago Cubs. So let's act like it. Let's act like the big market team that we are, right? And so, say they keep it at 155 million. That's still enough money to, if you spend right, of course, to win the NL Central in 2022 while your young players are growing, while you're developing them. But instead, there are some people out there who I think bought into the narrative, pushed by The Paul Sullivan's and the Jesse Rogers of the world, which no offense to you, this isn't personal, but this is something you pushed out there that you didn't answer back. Now, I, I watch these press conferences and I don't understand how no one says, hey, Jed, you mentioned rebuilding, but why not spend? You don't have much money committed to next year. Why? Give us a reason why you wouldn't spend. How about that? Like put these guys up to task. You know what I mean? It bothers me that you'll get better questions from random people on Twitter than you do people who are paid to be journalists. Ask them why. Because there's no good reason. Zero good reason. Because like I just said, they could spend enough money to win the NL Central and still develop their young players. They could easily do that. But there's, again, that notion that the writers are helping push, where it's like, well, well, I mean, that's... That's a tall task, you know, to to ask a big league club to spend money to make their team better. I mean, what what are we, what is this, Christmas? You can't expect them to go out there and get players that would benefit the ball club. I mean, that's how they all sound to me. Every single one of these people. It's crazy. You mean to tell me, 155 million payroll, by the way. I'm not even asking for them to go back up to 200 million, which is where they should be. Even over that is where they should be. I'm saying keep it where you are right now. That is enough money to go out and get different players, even keep Chris Bryant and get different players. You're telling me you couldn't get Chris Bryant, Corey Seager. The reason I say Corey Seager is because he's a left-handed hitter and he barely strikes out. He's one of the harder guys to strike on all baseball. So it completely changes your lineup look and get Marcus Stroman. I'm not even saying get like, and the top, I think Max Scherzer will probably be the top guy available. But Strowman, you could get, get probably about a little less 18 million. Seager probably cost 25 million. Chris Bryant will be probably 27 million. What I just said right there is 70 million. They got 40 million committed. That's 110 million. You got another four say, say the arbitration raises are about another 30 million. We still that still brings you to about 140 million. So you got another 15 million to get like a number three starter, right? And play with a little bit. But at the end of this podcast, I'm going to go over the free agent list. So you fans know and can start to play in your mind who you want to get. You know, we, you know, some of us have played like MLB the show. You ever do owner mode? My favorite game was the old Xbox game MVP baseball by EA sports, but I guess they lost the licensing next to RBI baseball from old school, Nintendo MVP baseball, the second greatest major league baseball video game. But that one had an owner mode that was really fun because you could draft your team and you had a a payroll that you had to like, you know, work within. It was really an impossible game, though, because you'd also make money at concessions and stuff like that. And you would set it up where you're like, all right, I got a great team on paper. We're playing well. We've we're 10 and two to start the season. And, you know, I'm not selling out. No one's buying popcorn. And then before you know it, you're going in the red. I remember I won two World Series in a row and then I was forced to sell my franchise because the team wasn't making any money. And I'm like, I don't I don't understand this. I'm under my, my, my salary cap. That's probably why EA Sports lost the licensing rights. Someone up high said, I don't like the way you made this game. It's fun, but when it comes to ownership mode, you guys screwed the pooch. That's what you guys did there. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. So why endure the often pointless or seemingly intimidating questions? And wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer, choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access at rockauto.com at your home and in your pocket. So why mess around at the store? So here's what you want to do, everybody. You want to go to rockauto.com and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Okay? Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers like you for over 20 years. Rock Auto's prices are reliably low for every customer, and they have everything you can need from brake parts to tail lamps, whatever you could think Rock Auto has. So go to rockauto.com, write locked in on their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. All right, let's talk about the shellacking the Cubs received by the Philadelphia Phillies Monday evening at beautiful Wrigley Field, a gorgeous night, and... 37,000, a little over 37,000 in attendance. I mentioned that. Look, that's still a very big crowd that most ball clubs would absolutely love for a Monday evening. It's July 5th. A lot of people were off today, so people were treating it like a Sunday because 4th of July was on a Sunday. So I know most people had July 5th, Monday off. That's something to think about. Also, I believe a lot of these tickets were sold before the 10-game losing streak because the Cubs were on the road for those previous 10 games and when they were last at Wrigley Field. They'd beaten the Cleveland Indians by a score of 7 to 1, and were also in first place. Oh, how the tables have turned as our Cubs have fallen to third place now, and are now one game below 500 after the Philadelphia Phillies beat us by a score of 13 to 3. The reason I mention the attendance again is because the Cubs still, still have not sold out a game since 100% capacity has been announced since it has been announced by the city of Chicago that, hey, all the seats, fill them up. That's all, we're all 100% open. Not one forty thousand uh attendance game. Not one game where, because 40,000 is that mark, Cubs fans. 40,000 is considered a sellout. They have not gotten there. The closest I saw was the second game after 100% capacity was announced, which it was a Saturday afternoon, beautiful game. 39,000, it was against the Cardinals too. They've been mostly around that 34,000. I saw a couple 32,000s in there. 37,000 is pretty nice. And again, most franchises would be thrilled to have 37K at their game. Cubs though, I feel like if it's 37,000, beautiful summer. And again, didn't hit the 40,000 before. I know maybe there's still some people hesitant. Uh, Probably a lot of people aren't traveling as much as they used to. I get all of that but just you wait until the trades start happening. I imagine a lot, you'll see a lot of empty seats. The attendance might still be announced fairly high, but you're going to see more and more green when they pan on marquee network to the Wrigley field as a whole, they do that big wide shot and you see the crowd. You're going to be like, Oh, there's a lot of green seats, a lot of empty seats. And I, for one say, good, good, because we do right now and and for the sake of uh clarity i guess and and just so you guys know where i'm coming from i have met cubs owner tom Ricketts before i met him at anthony rizzo's charity event and he was an awesome dude he was he's a really nice guy he spent more time talking to me than he should have have you ever been in a conversation with someone and you're thinking like i just met you we're Man, we're going on like almost 15 minutes of talking and you're kind of thinking to yourself there's way more people here you know that you'd i'm sure you'd rather be talking to tom i mean i didn't say this to him but this is what i was thinking in my brain so i was giving him outs i was giving him perfect times to walk away from the conversation because i, I you know you meet celebrities not that he's like a celebrity celebrity but it, you know in chicago you're the owner of the cubs you're a big deal this was going into the 2018 season so he was still beloved you know, they coming off an NLCS loss, World Series victory the year before. So, yeah, he was Chicago royalty, of course. But whenever I've talked to someone who's like that, and I've, I've met my share of celebrities, not bragging, but you kind of, you appreciate their time because you know a lot of people want a piece of it. And you don't want to, I never want them to be in the situation where they go, all right, good talking to you, and they want to move on. You want to be cool. They think you're cooler for that too. So if any of you guys ever out there, say yeah, you meet... Chris Bryant, you're chatting it up with him a little bit. He's being cool. You want to be the one that goes, hey, Chris, again, great meeting you. Hope you have a good time at this party, wherever you are. I don't know. You want to be the one that breaks it off because it makes you look cooler. You don't want to be the one where they're like, all right, that's about it. And they're pointing at their watch and they're acting like someone else is calling them over. You know? I'll tell you guys a fun story real quick. I do It doesn't have to be real quick. We got time. <laughs> um, I met Carrie Wood, who was my idol growing up. I remember getting home from school to see that 20 strikeout game. I got home from school and my dad was leaving for work right around the same time. My dad worked for the Chicago park district. So he kind of worked like two to 10. And I think I got out of school a little early. It wasn't a half day, but we got out a little early for whatever reason. I was in, was I in eighth grade? I think. And I get home. No, I was in seventh or sixth. Anyway, I was definitely wasn't eighth grade though. Cause it was 1998. Yeah, I'm old guys. Uh, so, my dad's like, this kid is, he's on fire. He's, he's throwing like nearly hundred miles an hour. The breaking balls are unreal. He's already got like 13 strikeouts. I think I got home in the sixth inning and I'm like 13, what's the record? And my dad's like 20, pretty sure it's 20 watch. I watched the rest of the game. It was just like, this guy's unreal. I never wanted to pitch. You know, I played little league. I was an all-star in little league at the time. I never wanted to pitch. After watching that, I'm like, I want to pitch. I want to know what it's like to throw a breaking ball so nasty the hitter walks away shaking their head like what was that. I wanted to embarrass people at that level just like Kerry Wood. So I copied his mechanics everything. I have 3 Kerry Wood jerseys that I was getting for like Christmas every other year. Huge fan. And I was lucky enough to be able to meet him. I was opening act like the I did audience warm up for Ryan Dempster's live shows he would do for Off the Mound. So Ryan Dempster's a show on the Marquee network called Off the Mound. He did a couple of them live before it became a TV show they were super fun and i met dempster he was in the crowd at the laugh factory when i performed there one night i had a great set and i talked to him a little bit afterwards and then we met at rizzo's charity event which i got booked to do stand up at and so I talked to him some more and then he hit me up asking if i would do the audience warm-up so what they do for a lot of these like talk shows like if you ever saw like david letterman or conan or or any of the late night shows and this is the same style dempster is doing with his show you go out there, there's a comedian that kind of goes, hey, welcome to the show, everyone. Gets them a little pumped up, tell some jokes, makes them laugh. A lot of crowd work, where are you from? You know, that you give away some stuff. You just get the energy up because you want them to be really excited that they're at a live show. And, you know, then the band plays and it's like like the Tonight Show, like, welcome to Off the Mound with Ryan Dempster. He comes out. Carrie Wood was one of the guests. So I got to talk to him a little bit before the show. Really cool guy, like amazingly cool. And then afterwards, and I remember talking with him and I had some of my cousins. I got to get in the VIP section to hang out afterwards. And I introduced him to Carrie and they were all like, Hey, what's up? Good talking and stuff. And this guy started to talk to Carrie and I was like, Oh no, go, go on with him. And the Carrie looked at me, they going, trust me. I'd rather be talking with you guys than that dude. And I think it was some dude who worked for like MLB network or something like that. Or I don't know know, but Carrie was just like, no, I'm, I'm comfortable here. I hope this doesn't get Carrie Wood in trouble. I, I don't even, you know think about it as I was telling the story, but I always thought that was really cool. So back to Tom Ricketts though, I basically, when I met him was like, Hey, thanks for, you know, putting a winner out in the field and, and hiring Theo and all, you know, thank you so much as a lifelong Cubs fan, someone who was told my whole life, it'll never happen. You guys did it the right way. You rebuilt, you got the new infrastructure going. You recruited players, you're developing, you're putting money into like the facilities in, in Arizona and making the clubhouse more attractive to free agents. And you guys are just doing a great job and, and you went forward too. you know, Thank you. And he's like, Oh, thanks a lot. You know, and then we're out and he was asked me about comedy a little bit. We we're just talking about some stuff. We talked about the network. The network was still just an idea at the time. And I even pushed for it. I'm like, I think it'd be a great idea, you know? It seems to generate a lot of revenue for the Yankees and Red Sox and all this. So any, so anyway, I still wanted to keep WGN games. My plan was like do do Sundays, every Sunday on WGN and then have Marquis be a network. I also thought it'd be more like uh you could pay like $3.99 a month or something like that like like a subscription like that peacock thing that's out now like not netflix like prices or maybe even do 6.99 a month what's that disney plus i don't know i didn't think it'd be uh rolled out as poorly as it was and some of that was the pandemic too with marquee network anyhow i mentioned this because i think it's crazy to me that the Rickett, ricketts has let this all, all that goodwill that he built up just go by the wayside I was lucky enough to be on the score, Sports Radio 670 here in Chicago on the Lawrence Home Show. And he believes that now that it is 100% capacity with fans, that Tom Ricketts will see that and want to be the spender he once was. Because he thinks with no baseball in 2020, it was easy for him to just make business decisions without seeing firsthand the cause. And I go, you know what? That's a good point because he definitely struck me as a guy who loved going to the games, shaking hands, and kissing babies. And we know that's not the case. Although he was at the game tonight, I think he shows up, he's been showing up a little bit this year, um, a little bit more, but I remember at the second half of 2019, he did not want to show his face because a lot of Cubs fans were like, why didn't you add anything to the payroll in the off season? And some would be like, well, we already went over the luxury tax." taxes. Like, yeah, go over it even higher. That's the thing with the luxury tax. There's tiers to it. So you pay tax every million, you're over that tier. So if the luxury tax is 210 million, if you spend 211000000 million, you're paying 10% on the $1 million over. So your tax bill is $100,000. Do you know what $100,000 is out of $210 million? What percentage that is? It's like 0. 0.00. It's really tiny. So then at that point, you're like, well, you go all the way up to the next tier, which would have been $226 million. Then the top tier is like $242 million. To spend just a little over the one tier doesn't really make sense from a business standpoint even. You, you would go up further. So there was just a lot of mistakes there. And I'm not saying Theo and Jed didn't make a few bad signings here or there. They did. But every front office does. It's the idea that they had to operate on being perfect. You know, that's what kills me the most. So After 2018, they shut down major spending and let them just make little tiny spendings here or there, little tiny signings. There were very little impact. Because of the 2018 offseason, it was like was Tom Rickett so upset that you Darvish and Morrow and Chatwood didn't work out that first year that he was like, you're done. You're not spending anymore. I would have been like, I'm Theo Epstein. I delivered as promised in my press conference. I said, we were going to do all these things to rebuild the organization. We did them all. And we won the world series that I promised. And you're going to punish me for one bad off season after this franchise has tripled in value under my watch because, because of my name, because of what I do. I just want my third ring. How many of you won? Like I would have done. I, that's but Theo Epstein's not that guy. He was not going to trash his boss or say anything of ill will. I wonder if a book will be written. But I just hope Tom will see. Hey, there's only thirty-seven thousand, and as time goes on, when I trade everyone off, we're getting less and less payroll. If I do a rebuild in twenty twenty-two, and we're only drawing twenty-five thousand, that I'm losing money. Why would that's what kills me? It's like you win. You make more money. It's that simple. There's no other math that suggests otherwise. I guarantee you the Cubs made more money in 2016, 2017 than they did, well, obviously with the pandemic, it doesn't count, but any other year. The numbers go down. Concessions go down. There's less interest. There's less everything. And you own a network now that requires you to sell advertising. That, that's, that's simple. You're going to see a bunch of Eagleman commercials or Moanoi commercials Or, you know, what other Chicago, like, local commercials? You're going to see the Alley commercials. Is the Alley even around anymore? At Belmont Clark, if you dare. Like, I'm just saying, that's how you can tell how good ratings are for a show. It's true. If you're watching reruns of Cheers at 1130 at night on WGN, you're going to see a Peter Francis Dracy commercial. And if the Cubs aren't smart, that's what their commercials are going to look like. Bet online, everybody. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC MMA action. So, before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news. Sign up for bonuses and contest information. Do not sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get in on the action. Head over to the website or your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your very first deposit. That's amazing. 50% welcome bonus. Beautiful. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Promo code locked on. All right, Cubs fans, I did mention I will go over the free agency with you all because I guess I'm at the acceptance stage of the five stages of grief. As a Cubs fan, you know, it starts off with anger, right? You're mad. You're like, this cannot be happening. Then you're in denial where you're like, no, it's okay. They're going to bounce back. I feel it. Then you're in anger where you're just like, this is a No, does it start with denial? Denial, anger. Sorry, I messed it up. Bargaining where you start to bargain where you're like, oh, please. If we could just keep these guys and then maybe go on a little bit of a run, things could work out. We haven't faced our easy part of the schedule yet. Like the Brewers had together. Then you get in depression. where you are like, this is just sad. We're going to see my favorite players traded to other teams and even if i know in my heart it's probably for the best for both sides i don't like it right then you just accept it we are like hey you know what nothing lasts forever and we both know hearts can change but it's so hard to hold a candle the cold november raid so you start quoting guns and roses songs you just you know you start to accept it that this is baseball and then you get a little bit like all right well maybe if we get the right prospect but we better spend And I really do believe that. I think that's what I was. I went on that whole tirade during the last segment, everyone. And maybe it didn't make sense overall, but I really just think it's going to be hard because we love it. We love Wrigley. And I I still say, follow the team. I don't like it when people only follow the team when they're winning. If you're a true fan, you follow when they're losing. You take those bruises too, but you don't have to go to the games. I've got a couple people on Cubs Twitter who hit me up. By the way, I haven't given my Twitter shout outs in a while. I'll be doing that soon. Tomorrow's podcast. I'm making a note of it right now. I will do my Twitter shout-outs tomorrow. Sorry, it's been a, a good week or so since I've done those. But I had a couple uh, Cubby staff. What's up? She hit me up. Being, Are you going to be at any of the games? No, I'm not going to be. Uh, I mean, if someone had a free ticket, I'd go in the garden. But maybe I'll go outside the ballpark. Maybe I'll drink in one of the bars. Because I really think a message needs to be made. Uh, our level, our, our, our quality of life has been raised as Cubs fans. Again, thanks to Theo. And we expect more. I am not ready to be like, oh, we're going to go back to rebuilding again. That's Tampa Bay Rays stuff. Okay, and some of you might want us to be like the Rays because you think, oh, but the Rays are good right now. You forget the fact that the Rays had four horrible losing seasons in a row from 2014 to 2017. Yeah, 2014, 15, 16, 17, losing seasons. Now, yeah, they're good because they were terrible for a while, stocked up on draft picks, made some good trades. Yeah, they I mean, they did a good job rebuilding. But guess what? They're already starting to sell off pieces because they can't afford it. You don't want to be the Rays. Trust me. Also, the Rays have really cheap tickets. If the Cubs were to say, hey, we're rebuilding in 2022, but we're lowering ticket prices down to like 10 20 bucks a pop, okay, I'd accept that. But you know they're not going to do that. They would never do that. And look, I know some of you are thinking, hey, Joe, there's a good chance there's a strike next year. I will have a podcast where we really break down the CBA and the implications there and how there very well could be a strike. But let's talk free agents. Let's think about to ourselves what we could do next year. We still have Wilson Contreras under contract next year. He's arbit- it's his last year of arbitration. I imagine he'll get a raise close to the $10 million range. He's making, I believe, about 7 or $8 million now. So he'll be in there. But as far as a backup catcher goes, let's look at that. Because I think Wilson Contreras will still be on our team. I don't think Amaya is a guy I want as a backup catcher because he projects to be a very good starting catcher. So let's not bring Amaya up. He's in double A right now. He has a strained forearm. He was hitting pretty decently before that, though. Here's some backups. Alex Avila. I liked him as a a guy that we had on our team for a little bit. Hits from the left side. Probably only cost you a couple mil. Martin Maldonado. He's your classic backup catcher in that he does not hit very well at all, like at all, but is great behind the dish. He's one of the best pitch framers in baseball and still throws out runners at a pretty good clip. I'd have to look into that. So Martin Maldonado is a guy that if you're looking to spend big money back in the rotation and get some high price free agents, if you're looking for some savings, he's a smart choice. Yadier Molina will be a free agent. I don't want him, but he'd be funny to have as a backup just to stick it to Cardinals fans. So maybe uh, other catchers of note: Kurt Suzuki, he could be a decent backup. Welling Castillo, Welling Castillo. I don't. I've not heard his name in a while. So right there, if I had to go, I'd, Alex, Alex Avila would be number one choice. You know. All right, first baseman. I want Anthony Rizzo back. But if you're curious what the other big name free agents are in the first baseman market. The big name would be Freddie Freeman. Anthony Rizzo would be the second biggest name behind uh, Freeman. And then you'd have Matt Carpenter. It's kind of getting up there in an age where Freeman and Rizzo will both be 32. Ryan Zimmerman's pretty old. See, first base market, it's really Freeman and then Rizzo. You know, uh, CJ Crone, I guess. Yuri Gurriel, he's 38 and not a good person. So I don't want to see him anywhere near my team. But then again, for the first baseman market, you could look at some third baseman who could be converted. I bet a lot of teams out there looking at Chris Bryant might think, hey, we could put him at first base. Second base market, here's some of the highlighted names. Uh, Starling Castro, still a solid player. You know, if the Cubs decide to, they could always move Nico Horner over to shortstop and have Starling at second, where his defense actually is a little bit above league average. That's how I checked. I like uh, Jerks and Profar, is an interesting option. I believe he makes some pretty good contact. That's the thing with Castro, too. He's never a big strikeout guy. So I have to really look into his statistics before I made an educated guess. I'm just going to name names to give you guys uh, an idea. I can't go over everyone's uh, background. As far as shortstops go, Javi Baez, 29 years old. Carlos Correa, 27 years old. Brandon Crawford, 35. Brandon Crawford's having an awesome season right now. Still very good defensively. He's a guy that's probably only looking for a two-year deal. So if you wanted to go short-term, he's a good guy to look at. Corey Seager, 28 years old. Marcus Simeon, an all-star Season he's having, he's 31, Trevor Story 29. Again, I look at all those names, and I think Javi Baez is fifth in shortstop rankings of guys that I would really look at. Uh, I I have Seager ahead of him, Simeon ahead of him, Story ahead of him, and Correa ahead of him. So Javi's number five right there. Sad, but that's where I have him. Third base, Chris Bryant, of course. You also have, God, this is slim pickings at third base. If Nolan Arenado, Arenado opts out, perhaps. I don't see him doing that, though. Uh, he was struggling a little bit last time I checked. Jose Ramirez has an 11 million club option, so I gotta imagine the Indians will pick that up because he's amazing and 11 million is cheap. And as far as the rest of third base goes, not much, not much at all. Resign Chris Bryant, please. For really playing baller, you trade him for the best prospect package you could get. You resign him back like the Yankees did with Chapman. And like we actually did with Jason after we traded him to Oakland in 2014. We brought him back in 2015. Left fielders, you got some names. Kyle Schwarber, have you heard of him? Andrew McCutcheon, it's a club option, $3 million buyout. I could see Philly exercising that. He is getting up there in age. He'll be 35 years old. Jack Peterson will be 30. Tommy Pham, profile again. Eddie Rosario, I've not checked his numbers, but he was a 32 home run guy his last full season in 2019 and had a decent-ish 2020. I could be wrong. Center fielders, Jackie Bradley Jr. is a player option. Uh, you also have Brett Gardner. He's not really good. Billy Hamilton's not good. Jake Maris. I'd say, here's what I would do. I'd mention how great Brendan Davis was. You re-sign Jake Mariznik for a one-year deal. He keeps that spot warm until Brendan Davis is ready to take it over. Marisnik goes back to being awesome off the bench. There, settled that. Center field is a pretty weak in car- e- e- ender in karate. I always say his name wrong. It's a little hard to pronounce sometimes. And then right field, Nick Castellanos, if you opts out, please opt out and come back. Big stick, Nick. We miss you. We want you back. All right, as far as other outfielders go, you have Jorge Soler. He's not a right fielder. He's a DH. He shouldn't be enlisted. Uh, Charlie Blackman has an option, but it's also a $10 million player buyout, so who knows? Maybe he becomes a free agent. And then after that, it's not very strong in the right field game right there. But then again, you got some guys who you could switch over to right field and all that kind of stuff. Uh, DH is... Uh, hmm. Jorge Soler sticks out. Nelson Cruz, the ageless wonder these days. J.D. Martinez, if he opts out, he can still really hit the ball. Now, starting pitchers. Okay, Trevor Bauer could opt out. Maybe he does. Who knows what's going on in him with him being a criminal. Then you have other big names, Uh, Kevin Gausman, Danny Duffy, John Gray. I like his upside. Uh, Zach Granke's old but still gets it done. There's a few guys who are up there in years, but you get smarter as a pitcher. Max Scherzer, of course. Clayton Kershaw is a free agent. You also have Corey Kluber. You have Lance Lynn, Carlos Rodon. I just named two pair of all-stars right there. Charlie Morton, a little bit older. Also not having the best season though. So uh, Robbie Ray is a guy I could see bouncing back nicely. He's got some stuff there. Uh, Noah Syndergaard would be interesting if he's healthy. Marcus Stroman's having a great year. He's a free agent. See, you got some arms. There are some, there are definitely some arms out there. So it'll be interesting. Bullpen, there's a lot of guys that can name. You can always find bullpen arms, everybody. All right, sorry I went a little long this week, but I really wanted to kind of give you guys an idea of the free agent picture and let you know that a winning team is out there for the Cubs to purchase while still developing our farm. You could do both. That's what the Red Sox, Dodgers, that's what the big-name teams do. And we're one of those big-name teams. Don't forget that. All right, I love you guys. Thanks for listening to the Lockdown Cubs podcast. Check out Locked On Today, everybody. Get all your sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you listen to your podcasts.